It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We begin a week-long deep dive into the Boston Celtics starters today with Jason Tatum and breaking news about how long the NBA might be gone. It's the Monday Locked On Celtics podcast. Millie's, let's go. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly's. No NBA, but hey, we're still here. Still pumping out these podcasts because that's what the number one Celtics podcast out there does. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. Still working. Joined by Chuck McKenney of RedsArmy.com. Also still working, but from home. Yep. You know, just taking a little vacation, Chuck. This is just nice, leisurely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, No, I was thinking, as you were talking about, you know, your podcast is still here. I was thinking, I have nowhere else to be. <laughs> so <laughs> no excuse for me for not podcasting. <laughs> Might as well. Like we got nothing else to do. People, yeah. are, people are like, are you still going to podcast? I'm like I got, I got nothing else to do. Like I just right. been sitting around my, the extent of my departure from home. Like I did have to go to the supermarket um, and like bring my own bags, not touching any of their carts, not touching any of their baskets, not picking through things, just whatever I touch, I take. And then, um, I go for a run. Like, you know what, Chuck? I might end up being the healthiest I've ever been (laughs) after this 30 day hiatus. Like I can't go to the gym. So like, I got to go out for a run. I got to cook, you know, my own food. I got to like not go to restaurants and eat whatever craps on the run. Like I might, I'm sleeping more than I have all year. Uh, It's like, you know, this, this home kind of self quarantine thing is actually, it's actually not bad for me. Well, there are some benefits, right? It's funny. I mean, my kids got their fair share of video games this weekend, but we did we did go outside and walk through my neighborhood for about 40 minutes. Like, and I can't remember the last time, you know, all of us just went strolling around the neighborhood, throwing the ball around, just leisurely walking, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining, it's like we can just just disconnect a little bit and, yeah. you know, just kind of keep to ourselves and not have excuses to go running around. But the downside, obviously, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm joking around a little bit, just trying to you know keep things light. I do want to make sure that everybody is aware that like this is still serious and you should still be limiting your exposure to other people. I don't want to make this, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not taking this seriously. Just, you know, trying to make light of a very serious situation just to kind of break all of the like cable news tension and all it like every Oof. time i turn on the local news it's like ah just screaming at me like all right we're gonna have a little bit of fun and enjoy it but please you know you guys the common sense don't be piling into you know bars and and stuff like that for a little bit take it take it a little bit of time you know go to your grocery store and get what you gotta get make sure you wash your hands and all that stuff like you've, you've heard all of the warnings please take them seriously i want to make sure that everybody is healthy for when i assume chuck basketball returns i I think at some point (laughs) we had a hope maybe that basketball returns 
I don't know, man. I, I initially thought that, but with each passing day, and I, you know, we obviously assumed it would get progressively worse, but um, I'm just starting to wonder, just hearing these extended closures of schools and all the measures that now the governor seemed to be taking and limiting restaurant um, capacity and all that stuff. It's just like, wow, man, I don't, I'm not so sure anymore that they're going to get around to resuming games, even in an environment where clearly there's no fans yep. um, that, that would, that would be uh, obviously still in play. But I just wonder if, it's worth the risk to the players and the, and the in stadium and the broadcasting personnel. I mean, you can test everybody, but, um, you know, these folks are still going to have some, they still going to have to go to the supermarket when they have to. You know, so there's just still some risk. And I don't, sure. I don't know if they're going to, if the, if the NBA is going to be able to say, you know what, I'm okay with that level of risk. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's hard. I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my feeling is that, this is a, a, a giant business that they're going to want to try and find ways to resume at any possible minimal level of exposure. So what does that mean? I think you're seeing every player going to get tested and we're going to figure out who has it. And now we know three players have it. Yeah. And once they're cleared and recovered, they're going to be kept away from everybody. Make sure they're not contagious anymore. If every, if every player in the NBA is clear, and all the coaches in every in the NBA are clear. Then I think they can do a like pick it up at the playoffs, start the playoffs on time, um, have everybody practice, no traveling media. Like I hate to say it, but don't get on planes. Like they don't want me to go from Boston to say Indy or Philly or wherever get on a plane and then out I'm uh, I increase my risk by being on a plane. So they're probably, I would say it would make common sense to say no traveling media. So, yep. you know, the, the broadcast crew can be, it, it's different. They're kind of separated. They're not next to the players. So you keep your distance, no interviews, you know, like that. So if, if it's Celtics Sixers, as it's mentioned, then you know what? The Sixers have to figure out something with their PR staff to do like a teleconference after games. And we're going to have to do something with the Celtics PR staff to get a teleconference after games so we can do like question and answer and get our questions in and write our stories. But like they're getting me on a plane to go to Philly to watch that game. It doesn't make sense. And I don't think I want to do that right now. Right. You know what right. I mean? So, um, there's a way to do it, but it's, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice from a lot of people. Um, but they, I, I think there's a way to do it. I could be, you know, maybe there's a little bit of ignorance there and, and maybe the health experts will be, will, will say, no, that doesn't make sense. In which case then there isn't a way to do it. But I think, I think there's a way to do it. They're on their own private charter. So they're not like if everybody's tested and clean and that plane's disinfected and all that stuff, then they can get to wherever they need to get to fine. So that's that's my guess as of right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the hotels, not to nitpick every every. No, um, that's true. That's true. But, but it's like it's the exposure to hotels, workers at hotels, what capacity are hotels at, um, you know, and then some sort of that other. Just um, there's going to be some type of personnel that's going to need to turn the lights on in a stadium in, a, in an arena, yep. and there's still going to be 
guys running around with towels and stuff. So you have to, you know, you can test everybody, but, you know, you don't know three days from now if they have an encounter with a person or go to the supermarket. So there is some risk, but you're right. Sure. They, they can mitigate maybe 80% of it. They might say, you know, the players union would have to, you know, um, sign on, you know, there have to be some sort of mutual agreement. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hopeful, man, because I, because I need it to my, you know, my Twitter timeline is just brutal. Yeah. Like you said, everything with the news just keeps getting worse. So yeah. I hope they can figure out a way to do it as, uh, and it becomes as safe as possible. Yeah. I got to stay off Twitter at this point. It's just no, there's no good going on on Twitter right now. Everybody's losing their minds. Um, I've set my text alerts, my, my Twitter alerts for certain people. And I think that's about the end of my Twitter experience. Uh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, why don't we, so, so the whole point of, of this week, I think, uh, barring breaking news and I, we haven't heard from the Celtics yet. So there may be some, some news at some point here when it comes to the Celtics and their testing. Uh, so as needed, we'll discuss whatever the news of the day is, but we're going to take these podcasts to at least this week kind of talk about the starting five individually. So today, Jason Tatum, and then the rest of the week, the rest of the starters, the regular starters when everybody's healthy, and then just kind of where they were, where they are, where they're going, kind of kind of like a review of the season, as if the season has ended. So for now, that's what we're going to do. We'll do that uh, after we return. Uh, but Chuck, being stuck inside, and you don't want to go out and, and get food, like getting delivery right now, I think – I mean, you got to trust the delivery guy, but like, just wash your hands after you get that bag. Getting delivery right now, I think, is the perfect time to like stay at home, get one person delivered, drop it off at your doorstep, and then you can you can eat like a king. Uh, and that's where Postmates comes in because if you're like me, you probably like to start thinking about what you want to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. Uh, I do love food, and I. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door, which is great because this is a way that you can kind of frequent restaurants and, and help your local business without having to go in and be around a bunch of people. So uh, Postmates does, just doesn't deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and whatever you can think of delivery too. convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab my lunch anymore. I just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 a free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. 
In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we're going to start our week of reviews of the starters with Jason Tatum because he's become the biggest story of the season individually for the Boston Celtics. 59 games played, 23.6 points per game, uh, seven rebounds, three assists. He's uh, shooting 40, almost 45%. He's shooting almost 40% from three, 80% from the line. Uh, like I said, the seven rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, uh, a st- one and a half steals, and almost a block per game. Uh, overall, just an amazing season. And Chuck, I mean, we thought that this kid could be good. But we honestly, coming into the season, did you expect this good at this point? No, I expected this good a year from now, right? I think um, it was more of a meteoric rise over the last, you know, there was that, I think it was basically January uh, where he exploded or February. I'm losing track of the months. Um, So because I do recall us, you know, maybe it was preseason talking about how can we get Tatum to averaging, you know, 23 points a game or something like that to be in that echelon. And we focused on, you know, uh, you know how how he can take more free throws. So we were, you know, we I think we thought it was possible, um, but it's also more than just you know where he is statistically, right? Because there was that stretch where he was car- he he carried this team. So it's the uh, it's the swagger. It's it's the um, you know the the whole sports center uh, part of it. It's all of LeBron Instagramming this kid's a problem like. There's just so many components to it, and it all just came to a head at once. And, you know, I mean, I just can't stop smiling. It is just <laughs> unbelievable. He's going to have little divots here and there, and that that happens. You know, he's going to have bad stretches where he goes three or four games, and he's shooting like 35%. But that's just life um, at this level, um, and, I'm more, and I'm more than fine with that. So I did not expect it. Um, I'm fully, I'm fully embracing it and I just can't help but think what, you know, the next seven years could be like. Yeah. I mean, you think about when we were coming into the season, I remember having this discussion with Jay King, uh, before he defected, um, the, the, the shot selection was always going to be the issue. So last season when he took 13 shots per game and, Nine of them were twos and four of them were threes. And we're sitting there saying like, all right, if you could just take a few more threes, eliminate those long twos, take a few more three pointers, go from four to seven and kind of hit at that same rate. You're automatically going to add like four or five points to your total, which is exactly where he did. 
So last year was 3.9 threes per game at 37%. Now he's shooting 7.1 threes per game at just about 40%. So he's hitting almost twice as many threes. So he goes from 1.5 threes per game to three threes per game almost. So that alone is, what, nine points versus like four and a half points. So he's basically sort of doubled his production from three. and. You add four and a half points to his total from last year. Well, his totals last year is 15.7 points per game. Well, now you're right there. You're alone. You're at 20 points per game. Yeah. You know, like, and then we said increase your free throws, which has still been a problem to some degree, but he still went from 2.9 free throws per game to 4.7. And he's making, he, he's shooting a little less than he did before. So he's gone from 2.5 makes to 3.8 makes. So he's added 1.3 points per game. So now we're at 22 and change. And now all we, all you have is his two point percentage has gone, has gone from, uh, it's actually pretty close to the same, but like he's just added a couple of extra twos because some of those, those drives, some, some of those shots that he was taking where he's pulling up, he's attacking and he's making a few more of those. There's your 24 points per game, 23 and a half points per game, like right there, just from shot selection. And so we, we haven't even touched the variety of shots that he's added to his game, but yeah. just from shot selection, Chuck, he has gotten to exactly where he should be where by take, by eliminating a lot of those long twos. Yeah, so that happened so so quickly. I think we were a little concerned with with what we saw last year. Um, but when you look at the players, you know, the category he's elevating himself into, and you look at the four point seven free throw attempts, um, that's not a lot, right? So he, he he's going to get more. He's going to get more calls. Some earned, some not. So you're talking about adding another two, three, four points per game. That's really going to put him in that. In that, in that stratosphere. I don't think, I mean, you look, he's averaging, he, he, the efficiency with the three point shot is 39, almost 40%. He's, he's, from what I can see out of the top, like 25 scorers in the league, he's like number two or three. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and the way he attacks the basket, um, and he just is fearless and he, like, he wants to dunk on people now. Um, it's just so, it's just so amazing to, to see him still have that. He could very easily just sit back and, and even jack up more threes, but he is fearless attacking the basket. And, and that's, and that's a huge part of it. And he's really not, you know, I, I didn't, I haven't really delved into his stats. You know, I've just been amazed by his highlights. But when you look at some of his stats, the three point percentage, um, and then also his turnover rate. For guys who are in the same, these top 20 scores, his, his, I mean, I know he's not a primary ball handler, but 2.2 turnovers per game for someone who takes as many shots as he does, yeah. that's a very low number. That's yep. very low. So it's hard to, it's really hard to find fault with, with much. No, it's true. It's true. Um, and, and there's still like a lot for him to do, but, uh, just for, just for this season, he's, I, I like his progression, and and the biggest thing for him, I think, is the progression. Like last year, I didn't see any progression from him. I I I saw kind of like that's what he was, what kind of what he came into last year, whatever it was. Like that, there was no real kind of like 
Oh, okay. I see him adding this to his game. I see him adding that to the, to his game. Yeah. I, I think, I think he just kind of, he struggled with a lot of the dynamics of last year. Um, and not like Kyrie. Cause he's still, he's still like friends with Kyrie. He still likes Kyrie. So yeah. he's not like, it's not like, Oh, Kyrie's gone. And whew, I feel better in the locker room. Um, I don't think it's like that, but I think last year, the Celtics, the, the construction of the team and having Terry Rozier around and having Marcus Morris around and having like those guys who felt like they needed shots, took shots away from him. Um, the reintegration of Gordon Hayward. Like I talk about that second surgery that Hayward had that kind of set him back last year. That also set back Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, I don't know who had the animosity about him playing as much, but like he had to play as much as he did just so he could potentially be ready for the playoffs. And that took shots away from Jason Tatum. And then you're playing with Kyrie Irving and as much as they're friends, Kyrie is such a ball dominant guy that Tatum never really had a chance to like get in his bag and show his, his bag of tricks. So the the changes this season, I think, have helped. Like he's worked. Want to make sure he's giving giving the credit here. He's worked extraordinarily hard and has made conscious decisions to change his shot profile. At the same time, the the makeup of the team has changed to a point that's been extraordinarily beneficial to him. Fewer guys need shots. We know that four guys on this team, five if you count Marcus Smart, are going to get shots like you're our guys when you're on the floor there's no question about this um and you throw Kemba into the mix who's very willing to take a step back and is happy to be like yo you're the star you go be a star um and then on top of that you throw in some of the coaching elements like that play that they've started running all season long with Tice sealing off for for Tatum you have that Tatum Tice pick and roll that ends in a dunk so often because Tice is so good at sealing his guy off and not fouling in that situation. Like all of those elements have now come to create a, a very, it's like planting a, a, a seed in like the perfect fertile ground. Like it's, it can't not grow in that situation. If there's something, if it doesn't grow, there's something wrong with the seed, not, not hit you know, like the situation and like situation matters. I say it a million times. I think all of that has come together to give Tatum like his best chance to become who he is. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest though. If you had told me at this point if I that you know um, Kemba would be averaging twenty two points or whatever it is, um, Brown is averaging twenty, and Hayward is still at that seventeen number, I'd be like, oh crap, where does that leave Tatum? That's a lot of points. I mean, is yeah. he getting enough shots? And then you look and and then you see that he's still the number one offensive threat, even with between efficiency and production. You're like, holy shit, how are they doing this? And and you just described it. Everything is fitting together. Um, so every, you know, the other guys are still getting theirs. Brown's ascending. Kemba's kind of taking, taking a step back when he needs to. And, and Tatum is just, he can be the top dog, right? He can just get into his bag and do whatever he needs to do. And it just, everything seems to fit. It's really the exact opposite of last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just the exact opposite. 
It really is. Um, and I'm just kind of looking at the, um, the field goal attempts, like at, at 19 field goal attempts per game, like that could even go up. Like he should, he should probably, you can say he should probably be taking more shots and he's attempted what a th- I'm just looking at uh was 1100 1113 uh field goals per game. Um he's still uh behind like James Harden has attempted 1386. Like Tatum is 12th in the league in field goal attempts. Um he could be even higher. You look at some of these guys that are primary scorers on their team I mean, he could, he could be taking like a couple more shots per game. Yeah. One to two shots more. Yep. You know, yep. like that's something that, um, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens as the years progress, but you know, he's, he's done a, a, a really good job of being patient and not forcing things. Uh, let's, let's take a, a, a moment here and then come back and say, let's, let's look at the things that he could do better. Like, the, the fact is that he's 22, and there are things that he can do even better as we look forward. So, Well, well we haven't even talked about the other end of the court. We're going to get into that before that's, we get into what he can do better. That's true. That's true. All right, let's do that in a minute. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. So good call by Chuck there at the end. We haven't even talked about his defense, which has been phenomenal uh, all year long. Uh, he's... I, I think this goes back to um, the summer and Team USA, and I think it was really hammered home by uh, Greg Popovich. And you, I think, I think last year he was kind of frustrated by a lot, and you didn't see like you could see that he was a, he could be a good defender, but he wasn't like this. And the story out of Team USA camp and Jackie McMullen uh, had that story. I was there when when Popovich was kind of explaining how he took Tatum aside and said, "Look, you could be the one of the best two way players in this league." And it's it's one thing for your own coach to say it, but to have Greg Popovich in a Team USA setting pull you aside with all of these other players that he could he could be dealing with. Pull you aside and say, "Hey, do you realize how good you can be defensively?" It's just like a little shot in the arm that you kind of need mm-hmm. as a player to be like, "You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because he's talking about me 
in like the same breath as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, okay, coach. I think I can do that for you. And I, I think that's where it starts. Yeah, ab- absolutely, right? I mean, if you were to t- – again, we, I think we all expected the offensive side, you know, him to kind of uh, emerge there. Um, defense, not so much, right? I mean, you look at him, you're like, he's long, he's athletic, it's there, but not – you know, it's just the nature of the beast in the NBA. It's a, it's a lot of its effort, and a lot of guys just they don't put it in. But his ascension in, on the defensive side has been ridiculous. Um, and again, it's like you you don't you don't even need to look at the stats. If you watch him play, he just seems to have his hands everywhere, um, uh, always deflecting. He's his his help defense has been spectacular um, with with blocking shots. Um, and then just his one-on-one, like he, he, he is, it's been so astonishing to me. I don't know. I didn't expect it. Um, I thought maybe it would come a little bit later, but again, you look through the numbers, whether it's defensive rating, some of these hustle numbers, um, uh, he, he's right up there with, with some of the, some of the better players. Um, so I'm glad Pop was able to sit him down and, and uh, maybe give him that little nudge. Well, yeah. And, and to be clear, like, that type of work is effort. Like that's a lot of this is just going out there and giving the effort. So while I think pop kind of put that notion in his head, it's Tatum that gets the credit for actually following through and doing it and, and becoming, because you have to try, first of all, like you have to try on defense and not everybody does. And you have to study and understand what's happening on the floor and Brad Stevens had a you know a good story about you know it was a preseason game and and Charlotte did something that they didn't really go over and it burned them but the next time down he kind of he saw it happening again and he kind of read the play so he's a quick study yeah. um, and and that kind of like you need to be smart you need to put in the work to study so you can understand the tendencies that you're going up against and then you have to just flat out try uh, he's been a phenomenal like really one of the better help defenders in the nba uh, i think he's a better help defender than he is an on-ball defender he's a pretty good on-ball defender but he's he uses his length extraordinarily well he's he doesn't have his hands like down by his sides like he used to he kind of has his hands out he's making sure that he's using his length as a deterrent uh, which is good defense as well like if you prevent a guy from doing what he wants to do or throwing a certain pass just by being big and having your arms out, that's defending as well. Like, that's, you know, we see the steals and all that stuff, but like just, just making a guy go, you know what? I'm going to dribble this other way. Like that takes time off the shot clock and, and, and it is important to kind of deter, like, like I said, deter players. Like you go up against like a Giannis and you want to build that wall across the perimeter like you want to make sure that he doesn't see a path through and that yeah. that's important. Um, you know, and, and you talked about him, him learning and adapting. Um, and he's not, he's, he should be benefiting from playing with Marcus, uh, with Marcus smart. I mean, we do see moments where smart will, will, will show some of the younger guys or even just teammates in general, whether it's positioning on a jump ball or help defense um, smart is very good about communicating that to guys. Sometimes he's a little emotional about it, but 
<laughs> but I think you can learn. I mean, a lot of Marcus's defense is just he has phenomenal instincts, and you, you can't always teach that. But he's such an elite defender that um, he's able to kind of share that knowledge with these uh, with, with with Tatum and the others, and um, it looks it looks to be helping, right? So they have, they have so many really solid defensive players, and you hope that they can that they can feed off of one another. Yeah, um, yeah. it's just remarkable. Yeah, that's. Um... That, that helps as well. You talk about like situation and all of that stuff. It's, you know, having, having smart defensive players around him and a, a, also a really smart defensive coach. Like for, we, we talk about Brad and, and his overall kind of, um, acumen, but his, he's, he's a defensive coach. Like, that's where he really shines. Like he needs, he might need a little help offensively, but defensively he, he knows how to, how to defend. So that, that helps uh, a lot as well. All right, let's finish this up by going over things that Jason Tatum can do better. And I think two things, two things just come to mind right away. It's ball handling and yeah. passing. Right. Do you have anything? Yep. No, no. I think the, I think those areas are those are right on target. We target. We talked a little bit about a little more about getting to the free throw line, um, but I think he'll he'll earn that. Um, yeah, he he still seems, and it's it, and it's funny how you know I was just I was touting his turnover numbers, but he still seems um, prone to either losing the ball on drives or. Um, and now we've seen a little bit of the improvements with the, with the handle, um, but, mo- but most of his work is just to kind of give him a little bit of space on the perimeter. Um, and I think maybe he can he can improve that to to kind of help him get by the defender. Is that what you were what you were thinking? Like yeah, just the the ball handling where he, he hasn't been losing it quite as often. No, not not at all. But I think I think he can still tighten up the handle so he can. So we can get by and turn corners a little sharper. Yeah, right, exactly. And then, yep. and just then, just he doesn't have to be um, like even Marcus Smart level passer. He can just be like just a guy that can throw those alley oops, that can find guys off drives. Like he needs, he needs to really do two things. He needs to make teams pay for double teaming him, and he needs to make teams pay for overhelping and overreacting on his drives. Like yeah. that's, they're going to blitz him in certain situations, especially if Kemba is hurt a little bit more, or like he said, he's only 22. So at some point when he's 27, Kemba, Kemba might not be here or might not be the same. He there, there might have him assuming he's still here at that point um, as like the main guy and have him as a, like, you're the number one, Jalen's the number two, and we're just going to support you guys with some extra, you know, people around you. So at that point, he's going to have to have developed that, like, well, I'm going to get double teamed, and I have to start making these other guys better, so they can't double team me. Um, and like you said, like if he if he tightens up his handle, then he turns the corner and gets into the paint and has that gravity. They're going to come over, and two two three guys are going to come over and clog that paint. He needs to be able to find those corner threes. He needs to be able to spin and whip it out to the high opposite three. Like he needs to, he needs to do that as well. And that's, I think a lot of that's just reps and yeah. film and IQ. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I think up until this point, he was just really working on becoming that scorer. 
Um, but now, I mean, you can't really, it's hard to practice how to deal with double teams until you get double teams, right? right so right. it's really from this point forward, where, do, you know, where, where does he progress on this front from midseason this year to next year? Um, cause he's going to get more of those double teams. Um, and then just be thinking that they're sending guys, uh, the help is going to be sagging on me. And while I still might be able to get to the rim or draw the foul, if Jalen Brown's wide open for a three and he's shooting 37%, I'm going to kick it over there. So, you know, he does need to prove, but he hasn't had the opportunity, I think, to improve in this passing part until now. But, but that's where the expectation is going to, is going to sit for next year. Yeah. So, um, as you're talking, there's a little bit of breaking news that the CDC has recommended no events of 50 people or more for the next two months. So, this we the NBA has been shut down for 30 days and now no events of 50 plus people. Well, there's two teams of players at 15 players a piece. That's 30 right there. Three refs is 33. The coaching staff's probably got like, you know, even if you pair it down to five people each, that's 43. Now you've got 43 people and only seven people left as far as official scores and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't think the NBA can put on a game with 50 plus with, with less than 50. Yeah. Games. Yeah. That's problematic. Even if they're rolling up onto a playground with their teams and their trainers and the officials, right. it'd be tough to do it with that sort of threshold. Yeah. That's I mean, tough. I, I don't know if those 50 people is that, in the arena, can the trainers stay in the back? I don't know what that means, but like this, this changes the calculus a little bit. That this means that um, we're, we're probably looking at May, at uh, if if it includes everybody that's in the building. We're probably yeah. I mean, if you if you see Woj's tweet, he talks about owners thinking about. Uh, mid to late June. Yeah. So I don't know how far they're going to, I mean, you can't, I mean, if you're starting the playoffs and again, this puts us in uncharted territory. I don't, right. I don't know if they would start Summer the full playoffs out, in mid to late. Like, yeah. Like the, the draft, I don't know when they do the draft. Summer league goes away. Um, they spend the summer. And then what happens next season? Like, what are we, are we working July and August and September? And then October, November are our, off months are off season. And then like it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to take like three or four seasons to get back to the regular <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Right? If they do well, this into August. Yeah. I mean, but they, I can't imagine that they're going to want to, if everything's behind us come October, they're going to want to start the season. I mean, I, I don't, I know some of the players, they're going to need some time off, but I don't understand how you, you, you think they would just incrementally like move it back, you know, six weeks next year, the start of the season. And then the following year, you know, it just doesn't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, like I, I want to say like, there's an Olympics coming up. I'm assuming that that's going to get canceled at this point because, yeah. and, and, but if it's not, then what does USA basketball do? Because yeah. NBA players can't play. Right. You know, like if, especially like if it's, if it's the Lakers and, you know, I don't know, whoever, like LeBron and Anthony Davis, I mean, those are two guys that you're counting on 
if it's the Clippers and Paul George and Kawhi Lin, like those teams are going to be playing. Deep. Like you can't just go from that to the, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to, to kind of unpack with all of that. But basically the breaking news is, um, we're eight weeks. We're, we're very likely now eight weeks away from any sort of la- large scale event coming back. And this is the next eight weeks. So this isn't from like yeah. a week ago when they, sh- they shut it down. This is the next eight weeks. So yeah. that means no sports for the next eight weeks. Um, which is going to be interesting. I, I don't know how the NBA is going to handle it. Oh, that's brutal. brutal. Okay. That's, that's oh. very rough. All right. So we'll leave it at that. Um, this is, this is a lot to, a lot to digest. We'll see what happens over the course of the next day and then discuss it some more. Maybe on, maybe on the Tuesday locked on Celtics podcast, along with the continuation of this player by player discussion. So, Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're subscri- subscribed so you can get it directly to your phone or whatever device you use to get your podcasts. I uh, want to thank our sponsor for the day, uh, Postmates. Go to download Postmates on iOS and Android. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. So download it today in the next seven days. No minimum purchase, $100 of free delivery credit with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Go ahead and tell your smart device to play the next episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.